Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. I am coming at you fresh off a weekend where there was actually uh, no shows going on, or there was there was none of uh, my athletes um, competing this past weekend, or any athletes under the, the Vida Physique brand. I think I think there was a PCA show, PCA, PCA South, Southwest actually, one of, the, one of the ones I did last year. I think that was on this past weekend. Relatively quiet show from, from what I could see, but I think that show always all sense to be just because of where it is I think it's way down in um, Exeter which um, <laughs> from where I stay would probably be about a 10 hour drive uh, 8 10 hour drive but I think I flew I flew down last year but yeah it was nice got a weekend away with um, my wife and uh, my son and uh, yeah was was just awesome to be able to take him swimming and everything else um, in between but this weekend however uh, we do have a couple of athletes competing um, on Saturday and Sunday. I'm actually travelling down on the Saturday um, to see my Matthew step on stage this coming Sunday and, and cannot wait to see what they what they can do. And it's been incredibly an incredibly good start to the season for Vito Physique. Um, and just yeah, I'm I'm, I'm buzzing at the uh, you know the back to back weekends of clients competing in different shows all across the country and being able to support them in their journey. But anyway, I digress, I tend to do a little bit of a ramble at the start of these podcasts, don't I? And reason I wanted to do um, this topic today, covering deloads, uh, I know that I've covered it before, it was somewhat two years ago was the last time I spoke about this, but it's, it's come up in conversation with some new clients, but also with some current clients that are um, experienced that are on prep at the current moment. So I thought I would just shed a little bit of a light on, um, for, for those of you that aren't aware what deloads are, but then also... For those of you that are maybe perhaps in the thick of prep and, and whatnot, kind of what I would suggest or what I would do with my athletes. Um, and, and it kind of it amazes me, um, well, I guess it shouldn't amaze me, but how many athletes or, or clients I work with who, when they come on board and we're maybe a few weeks into the process and I'll say to them, when was the last time you, you deloaded? And they're like, that, what's that? Or I've never done that before. Or, you know, what are you talking about? Um, so... If we were to, to say what is a deload, it is a strategic time away from training. It could also be seen as um, what some people will do or how they describe it is they, they describe it as a de, more of like a devolume sort of week where they would still train and um, would reduce their overall volume and intensity. Whereas when I deload with my clients, I will tend to, to get them to take anywhere between sort of five to seven days off, um, sometimes maybe four to seven days off. I think that the more muscled someone is, the longer they'll need off, they're gonna need more close to, to almost a full week. Um, I think my sweet spot personally is about five days. So we have this intent when we train of increasing the load on the bar and getting a bit stronger, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You, you know the gist. But what we at times maybe fail to realise is the actual um, accumulated stress that it's having on the body. So we think of, right, well, when we're doing, you know, an isolation exercise such as a bicep movement, that's not that's not that neurally taxing. By neurally, I'm, I'm speaking about the, the demand on the nervous system, right? The, the signal from your brain to the muscle to, tell, to contract. That system in itself, it can get somewhat fatigued right and it's not as efficient doesn't send the signal quite as well but when we experience 
sort of high levels of, of neural fatigue. Now, this is maybe going to stem from the likes of the build-up on the hack squat, a big movement that's going to require a lot of energy, a lot of internal focus, and, and a lot of kind of firing from the nervous system to, to get you to be, you know, contracting tissue at the right, right, right spot, especially under heavy loads. But what we'll tend to find is as uh, this sort of stress, this neural fatigue, whatever you want to call it on the body, builds... There's a few common common signs. So it doesn't need to be that you take a deload due to this buildup of sort of neural fatigue. There could be other signs in there that you're experiencing, but let's just talk about some of the signs of how you would maybe um, recognize that you're that you're coming close to needing a deload. Well, the first one could maybe perhaps just be a feeling of being totally drained uh, for for a better word, totally fucked. Um, throughout the majority of the day, your energy levels are, you know, I was going to say sky high, no, your energy levels are rock bottom, uh, you feel fatigued, you may be feeling run down, uh, you might be getting a little bit ill, you might just be sleepy, waking up, like, you know, tired, still tired, no, no amount of, like, sleep or rest or recovery is really helping you sort of shake this sort of level of, of fatigue that you're experiencing. You might also find in the gym that your progressions have stalled, your logbook might be slowing down, um, some lifts might feel heavier than others. So for example, like you all know that I do Fat Bum Fridays and I deadlift um, and just the last two weeks they have just felt so heavy versus the weeks before and the weight's not not, not budged. Um, so again, for me, that was a sign and it wasn't feeling easy, it was feeling hard to even hold the reps. Not only progress may be stalling, maybe perhaps you've noticed like a little niggle. So this could be like for us bodybuilders, like a sore elbow, a little bit of a sore knee, uh, niggling your wrist or your pec or your delt, your glute, whatever it is, you've noticed a little bit of a niggle and it's just not going away, it's not getting any better, it's just constantly there. Um, we could also have a, have a look at sleep. You may be thinking that sleep is a bit more broken. You're, you're waking up frequently throughout the night or even if you you might be one of those people that wakes up uh, for the toilet every night anyway but you might find you're really struggling to get back to sleep and when you wake up you're just not having you're not feeling that refreshed another sign we could we could think about is appetite um, and I suppose alongside that digestion so you might have noticed that your appetite just is drastically reduced you know that feeling of hunger just isn't there, um, getting to the point where you're just finding it really, really hard to get meals in. Coinciding alongside that, you may have noticed an increase in sort of digestive stress, so an increase in bloating, um, maybe some loose stool movements or some constipation, a combination of both, something just not quite right. Um, a big one, and I think this is one that I, I'll kind of go through what I experience, but it's, it's, it's kind of a a whole mixture of these but one of them is the motivation to train and I think this can be like can be really low but I think this can be one of the hardest things for people to deal with because you will find that for a lot of you and for me you know for me as well but for a lot of you like training is like the only part of your day where you're you've kind of got that time yourself where your brain switches off um you know I had, I had a client during the week who should have a great session she messaged me saying Vaughn Training is the only thing I look forward to all day, and our session didn't go away. And just kind of shows you what training can mean to us. So when we 
when we feel so buzzed all of the time to train and it gives us such a high to then all of a sudden kind of feel like that drive, um, that want, that desire to go to the gym isn't there. Um, or you're, you're there and you're just not focused or you're not, de- not determined to beat your log your logbook numbers. You're just like, ah, just whatever. Like, I'm not, I'm not too fussed. These can, that in itself can be a sign for me when I need to deload. I find myself, it's when I'm driving to the gym, I'm just like, I cannot be fucked with this. And 99% of the time when I'm there in a minute, um, I'm fine. I'm I'm no no bother. I can I can do it. I can handle it. Um, I can I can progress, but it's the it's the get up and go when I'm driving there. It's not as quite uh, not as quite motivated. Like I've got uh, today is my last session. This is Tuesday, uh, last session um, before I deload. I'm going to take the next five days off because um, for me that'll that'll be the sweet spot. I'll miss my my. Uh, my posterior session on the Friday, which is the one that elicits a bit more fatigue after this lower day. But today, um, I'll go I'll, I'll go in all guns blazing, and I'll maybe maybe take a set down here or there. Um, but I'll still go in for PBs, and then I'll back off the gas as of tomorrow. Why? Um, I just noticed that, and I think that the 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 more you get into this, the the, the more experienced you are, the easier it becomes to deload, right? Because I still remember, like, with a lot of clients I work with that have never deloaded before, when I say, like, right, in a check, I'm like, right, you gotta, you got to back off the gas here, they kind of get a bit of anxiety about it because they've always associated training with feeling better and they think that not training is going to make them feel worse. But right now I'm kind of, like, I'm pretty buzzed to deload because I know I've not pushed it too far this time. I definitely pushed it too far before I went to Dubai a few a few months ago. Um, but I think I've kind of caught it at the sweet spot. I've caught it, you know, if I was to go another week or two, um, it would be too 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 far. Um, and I need to take a bit longer off. Whereas now I think I've caught it at the right at the right bit. So I'm looking forward to, to backing off the gas. So you may so what I what I what, you know, those sort of signs, um one one of them that people don't often speak about as well is you could have quite low libido. Um you might be someone that um, that's usually quite high and your partner might be um, you know fairly intimate and then all of a sudden you just have zero desire again sort of build up a systemic fatigue build up of sort of niggles on the body uh, you're going to have to take the way you need to look at this guys is we've got to take one step back to take two steps forward so then you may be thinking okay right everyone I've noticed all these signs but what do I do next then do I just do I just kind of take seven days off or do I take four or five or whatever so I think this is really person dependent and you're going to have to find your sweet spot. I would reckon the minimum, the minimum amount of time you need off is probably about four days. Absolute minimum, if not a bit longer. Um, as I said, the, the, the more muscled you are, I think that the the longer it's going to need to be, like the, the, the bodybuilders I work with, um, the ones that are um, maybe classic bodybuilders or novice or, or kind of even class twos, they're going to need probably close to almost six seven days off um, whereas if I think uh, if you're not quite as muscled or um, you know maybe you're not as quite strong you don't need enough I've often found that but females like you guys have superior recovery capabilities to us males like without a shadow of a doubt you guys recover quicker so you can tend to run your deload a bit shorter so you can um, have let's say four days away from training so 
you've probably got other questions as well, um, which is right, Vaughn. Well, okay, deloading means don't go to the gym. I get that, but um, you know what? What do I do with my food? What do I do with my steps? What do I do with my cardio? Do I do cardio during a deload? Again, these are these are questions that I feel there won't be a definitive answer because you might be at a completely different point in your journey versus someone else that's listening to this. You could be prepping. Someone else listening to this could be at their off season. Someone else could be recomping. Someone else, you know, could be doing something completely different. So again, it'll depend on your scenario and what you can do. But if we take the scenario that you are off season, in in an off season, and by off season I'm meaning like a a bulking phase, a phase where um, calorie intake is in a surplus, and we're trying to our aim is to add add muscle mass. And in that scenario, I would run your non-training day food or non-training day diet if you maybe don't have a non-training day diet but my clients have a training day diet where the calories are a bit higher and then a non-training day diet where the calories are a little bit lower um, and the differences is going to tend to stem from carbs and fats so what i would do is with a client in an off season they would run non-training day calories because their calories are still at a point where there's a surplus and i'd in that time frame they're deloading um, I'd still encourage them to have their meal off plan. So my clients in a gaining phase get a meal off plan once a week. Um, so I, I say to them, look, deload, take these amount of days off, run non-training calories, but still have your um, your meal off plan. And I'll, and I'll say to those guys as well, listen, during um, that, that deload, uh, don't do any cardio. Just chill, get your feet up, You know, be as, as relaxed as possible. Um, I'd actually encourage them wherever it's possible, where they'd usually train to, to try and have a nap. So if they usually train midday, um, then boom, right, okay, can you try and get out on, on a one hour nap and that or whatever it is, that time frame? Um, or can you know can we focus on recovery? Can we get to bed a bit earlier this week? Try and really hone in on just the recovery aspect of what we're trying to achieve. And then we have the opposite scenario, whereas there's some of you out there that are thinking, right, Vaughn, well, um, I'm actually not in an off-season. I'm actually in a in a prep. You know, what what would I do? And I, again, I think this is where you're kind of going to need to, to speak to your coach and, and, and what, what where you're at in your journey, if you're behind, blah, 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 head. But um, I'll tell you what I do with clients, and that is I don't necessarily have... Um, strategic time away from training during prep so from when someone starts prep let's say they're doing uh, five sessions a week they'll continue to do five sessions a week all the way right up until their show or photo shoot or whatever it is um, and then be finished maybe they'll take some time off after they're competed but I know what you're thinking you're thinking Vaughn well you're talking about um, you know, this buildup of stress, this buildup of systemic fatigue and niggles and whatnot in a gaining phase. Well, fuck, I'm prepping and, and I'm, I'm I'm totally fucked and I'm low in energy and I'm blah, blah. And you'd be absolutely right. The same sort of uh, rules apply. However, you need to remember the ultimate goal is a bit different. Now, what you're trying to do at that point, when, when there comes a point in prep um, where we feel the body is fighting back against us i think that's a much easier like it's much easier to understand that um that terminology so what do i mean by that 
So let's say you're prepping and there comes a point where um, fat loss slows down, strength shit, energy levels are fucking rock bottom, sleep's poor. Like, just all those little signs are there. I would say that libido on prep will be low, low throughout, so don't don't be using that as a sign. But the usual motivation to train, the appetite, the sleep, the recovery, the strength, all that, what, you know, if they're off, it's a sign that the body's fighting back. But visually, visually you'll see it. Like, you'll see that physique's not changing. We've had three, four days, five days, however long it is. Probably not as long as five days. You probably noticed beforehand that we're visually looking the same. Maybe we're, we've lost the pop. We've lost the fullness. We're looking a bit watery. We're looking a bit flat. We're not looking as great. This is where, rather than deload... I would kind of, or, or de-volume, I would opt for um, a couple of high days. I would like back off the gas on the diet. And all you got to do is, um, it was a couple of years ago, I think it was a similar podcast, I, I, I spoke about refeeds. Um, and in that scenario, I would get my client, um, whether it's male or female, to have like a day or two of his guys is definitely usually two days, especially the more muscled ones. A couple of days of, of higher um, of higher food, particularly higher carbohydrates. In that time period as well, I will usually back off the gas with cardio. Um, if I'm if I'm running some high days, for will hundred percent do that. Um, and again, why why am I doing that? You're thinking right, well, well, the whole purpose of the deload is to try and mitigate the effect of stress on the body, lower cortisol levels. Um, cortisol is a hormone you know, stress hormone produced by the body. Um, when stress levels are high, stress builds, cortisol levels build. So in prep, in an extreme calorie deficit, cortisol levels high. Now what that's going to do is somewhat going to slow down fat loss. Now, one of the ways we can kind of effectively lower cortisol levels is with more food, right? So we've been in this sort of controlled deficit or extreme deficit for a while. We then, over a couple of days, Fill the, fill the physique up, fill the body up with carbohydrates. We massively offset down, you know, bring down these levels of cortisol. So we've effectively then upregulated the body's ability to mobilize fat. Not only that, the, the, the individual feels incredible, <laughs> right? They've been dieting for however long, maybe 10, 12 weeks before they get a, a refi, a high days or whatever. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, they've went from having no energy to a lot strength performance in the gym skyrockets you don't feel as totally fucked um but the, the usually the thing is um that feeling will tend to last and wear off probably within like three days like absolutely easy i had a client um i've got a client uh, he's competing in 18 18 days i think something like that, 16 days i think it's 16 days and um he messaged me. I gave him one high, just one high day this past week because he's got a photo shoot and we're loading this weekend. So uh, he has it. And then after one day, so let's say he has it on a Friday. Saturday feels fine. The Sunday lunchtime is completely worn off um, and he's back to feeling he's back to feeling totally fucked again. So it just kind of shows you when we're, when we're dieting the, the sort of levels of fatigue that we are experiencing. Um, and with someone that is, is dieting, like at that point when you're feeding them up two high days, you might be running two high days every sort of 
10, 12, maybe more 12 days. And it's a different person to person, but you can find like, right, two high days, 10 to 12 days of digging, seeing new level of conditioning, physique starts to battle back, another couple of high days, and rinse and repeat. And the leaner that someone gets using the more food that they can handle. Now, I think I had one uh, one person ask um, that are deloads like needed? Like, can I just you know fuck it? I've never had one, and I, and I, and I've I've been fine up up until now. Well, I don't think that anyone has particularly enjoyed a deload. Like when I back off the gas here this week, I won't necessarily enjoy not going to the gym, right? But what I will say is I'll enjoy the benefits when I get back to the gym because there's only so much stress as individuals you you know your body can take before before it breaks like before it breaks down before it just says nah enough's enough and I think if you keep keep pushing you don't take one you'll just totally hate training because uh, your your progress will stall, you won't be going anywhere, and you'll fuck it all off. But the thing is, when you fuck it all off, you'll fuck it off for like a couple of weeks, and you'll feel miles better than you go back to it. And if you're like, I bet you someone's listening to this, and they've just clicked, and they've went, oh, that's what I do. Because every few months, I fuck off the gym, and then I feel better, and then I go back to it. Well, effectively, you're just taking an extended, an extended deload. But why not, instead of doing that, why not just be strategic with how you implement these into your training. You will definitely see a huge benefit coming back from it. Like you will be much stronger coming back from it and you'll probably prolong your your long-term progression in the gym. So in my eyes, I'd say deloads are essential. One thing I've not touched on is how frequently to, to run these. Or, or when when to run them. So I was, I think that I briefly touched on the signs that you typically see. But what I think you need to be aware of is if there's a time frame, I'm going to say it's anywhere between 8 to 12 weeks, if you're able to push it for that long, that, you, um, that you'll need to deload every 8 to 12 weeks. However, I've got two guys at the peak of their off season and they got to week seven and they were just absolutely battered and we had to back off after seven weeks right but please bear in mind that those two guys that I was speaking about were carrying about you know the most amount of weight they'll carry about across the year they're at their absolute peak absolute heaviest so every little single thing for them is harder right so just walking about loading the bar, simple day-to-day tasks like taking the dog for a walk, the body's working so much harder. So if you're listening to that, that, that was a class two bodybuilder and a men's physique athlete. The men's physique athlete was close to 100k and the class two bodybuilder was 110 kilos. So it just kind of shows you, if you're listening to this and you're maybe a 55, 60 kilo bikini girl, um, you know, it's all relevant to how quickly I think that you'll probably be able to push it more towards the 10, 12 week marker. But always go for those signs. But you might be saying to me, Vaughn, um, I'm able to, I'm able to train sort of 14, 16 weeks and I still don't feel anything. My response would be that you probably don't train very hard. 
or you know you don't train as hard as you think you do um, because really what the standpoint that I'm coming from that's not me trying to sound like a dick what I, like the standpoint I'm coming from is if you're continuously trying to train to failure or thereabouts um, and you're pushing in the gym every single week to be better if some of your sessions are you have a bit of time off um, you don't push as hard you think ah fuck it I'll, I'll you know I'm not work as hard today you, you might not you you guys might never need a deload right if you're not training anywhere near failure um, but listen there's other models out there you know like you've got um the physique collective guys doing some awesome things and creating some awesome transformations they run a specific model that I think a lot of their clients deload every six weeks because they have this sort of increased uh, increased uh, training progression model and um, you know what I mean so and and they, they they produce amazing results so it just goes to show you regardless of the model of training if you're training hard and you're playing about volume or strength total load on the body like you're going to have to accept that you're going to need to back off the gas at some point but i promise you like following the deload your logbook numbers will fly your recovery will be great your stress levels ultimately on the, on the body will be lower you'll feel better your motivation to change will sorry your motivation to ch- uh, train will be much higher, your body will be more receptive uh, in regards to whether that's fat loss or muscle gain. But overall, there's just going to be there's going to be more scope for progress, isn't there? And, and who the who the fuck doesn't want that? Um, so yeah, I think that's what I thought I would just touch on this week in this week's episode. Um, remember that if uh, if there's a topic that you want covered, um, I'm more than happy to to share my thoughts on it or if you are a client specifically that has a topic you want covered um, I will go away and I'll do a bit of research and create some content for you guys and one of the last podcasts I've done uh, the one on SARMs was from a couple of a couple of female clients that wanted to know just a bit more so I thought right I'll put it together for them but then also I'll just share that content with you guys out there that maybe you want to know a bit more information about that or a certain topic so yeah don't be afraid to just drop me a DM let me know what you thought of this if you're listening to this and you've, you're you're being able to resonate with it well, uh, you should, you're probably going to need to need to run a deload here, and I hope that it does help. If you are at PCA First Timers in Coventry this weekend, uh, please come and say hi. I will probably be there just for the morning section, um, mainly because I have a client and he's about fourth on, and then thereafter it's about a six-hour drive up the road to try and get home um, to help put the wee one to bed. So that's ultimately what my aim's aim's going to be this Sunday. But um, yeah, take care guys, and wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.